Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. If you would like some more information about us, please visit adventurechurch.co.za. We hope that you will enjoy today's message. To have most people here this morning. Um, Just full disclaimer before I start. Uh, I don't like these type of messages. Uh, It's on a topic that we don't want to be airy-fairy and look for the enemy behind every single bush. But I felt in my heart that actually we need to re-look at some of the things we say because what we say, we can either come into full agreement with the enemy or we can come into agreement with Jesus and His will and His plan for our lives. And, And every thought we have, everything we say, the way we conduct ourselves through our actions, and I have no idea what's going on there. (laughs) And um, this is not me taking us wayward while Nick's not here. Uh, I make a habit of every single time um, I'm I'm sharing something, I'll first submit it to Nick, submit the topic. Um, I just think it's safe that way. And um, so, so Nick is on board with this message. But I've titled this, and I actually stole the title from uh, somebody from another relating church who, who I connected with on Friday night. And the title is Get Up, Dress Up, and Show Up. The enemy will do his best to bring us to a place of incapacity. He would... Lie to us, steal from us, wreck us, change our thoughts to try and get us to literally be in bed all day with the curtain shut. He does not want an effective church. He does not want an effective people operating in his realm, which is the earth at the moment. The problem is when you and I get up and we start advancing this kingdom with force, forceful men will will lay hold of it, he loses and he would love us to believe a lie that we cannot do it. And I'd, the sort of the three main passages of Scripture, it's actually uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke's account of the appointment of the twelve apostles. And, and Matthew, it says, And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. And I was reading this, and it just gripped me. You know, Jesus always talks about proclaiming the gospel, but at the same time giving the enemy a hard time. You actually can't have one without the other. And I'll show you why now. And this is Mark's account. And he went up the mountain and called to those whom he desired, and they came to him, and he appointed the twelve whom also named the apostles, so that they might be with them and they might send out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. See, preaching, casting out of demons. Luke, a bit, bit of a long text here, but, but we need to read everything to, to get a grip on this. In these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued to pray to God, that when the day came he called his disciples and chose from them twelve, who who he named the apostles, Simon, who is named Peter, Andrew, his brother, and James and John and Philip. 
and Bethlehemu, wonderful name there, and Matthew and Thomas, and James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who called Zelot, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Ascot, who became a traitor. And he came down to them and stood on a level place. See how Jesus stands with us at a level place. And I'm going to go into this later. With a great crowd of disciples and gave a magnitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowds sought to touch him. From power came from him and healed them all. So Jesus is going out and he's literally giving the enemy a hard time. Not only did he come to set us free, but he commissions us to do the same. Now before creation, who's this bad guy? What is he about? Now the Bible doesn't actually give us that much on him, believe it or not. Why? Because it would actually be foolish for us to dwell in that area. We have victory in our lives. We need to focus on the victory. You and I always operate from a place where we fight from victory, not fighting for victory. And, and kingdom things are a little bit back to front. But what we do know, what we do know is creation was created for Jesus. Let's establish this now. Sorry, I'm just creating a foundation so we can go somewhere. You said in your heart, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God, and I will make my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of the assembly in far-reached places of north. Sorry, this is Isaiah here. This is, this is a, the, 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 the issue that I want to draw the contrast of. Satan, he's around before creation. We had, we had God create the heavens, these multiple rooms that we hear about that we will dwell with. Heaven and hell, reality is Satan exists because God allows him to. War is not between God and Satan at all. In fact, theologians will say the war is actually between Lucifer and Michael. The, the, the idea behind that, that um, theology is angels, cherubim, seraphim, they can only do what God tells them. Unlike you and I, they have no free will. So if you think this enemy is this this war is between God and the enemy, we're underestimating who God is. God simply allows Satan to exist. He could crush him in a moment, and he does. He kicked him out of heaven. Why? Because Satan is here and he says, I will ascend above the heart of the cloud. I will make myself like the Most High. Here's Satan wanting to step on God's toes. But now when we read creation, when we see what God does through creation, what does he say when he creates man? He says, let, let us make him in our image so that he will be like us. So we have Satan, and then we have us, and then we have God. And that's a picture we need to understand when it comes to dealing with him. He will always make himself look bigger than he actually is. He roams around like a roaring lion. Doesn't mean he, he is one. And I took this to God, and, 
It was actually on Friday night. I was, I was with him. I'm like, Lord, <laughs> forgive me for saying this, but am I playing Satan down a little bit too much here? The word says he roams around like a roaring lion, the, the king of the jungle, a, a beast, um, alpha, around where we go. And, and I felt God just say to me, well, John, what does a lion do? Does a lion sort of go to its prey and say, hey, hey, I'm a lion, look at me, I'm going to take you out, whatever, whatever else? No, when a lion is stalking his prey, he stalks, he hides, he follows the contours of the ground, he doesn't let his prey know that he's there. And at the last second, he pounces. So it's not like this big lion trying to intimidate us. Actually, he will silently look at a way to take us out before we realize it. This is why we need to hold every thought captive. We don't need to look for this devil behind every bush. Many times we actually give him too much credit for stuff he has nothing to do with. Have you ever seen people, oh, the devil made me do it. Well, actually, the devil can't make you do a thing. What he will do is he will try to attack our thoughts. He will try to waver us in our thought process that leads to action. Did God really say you shouldn't eat the forbidden fruit? Creating that doubt, creating that question mark, knowing full well that the opposite to fear is faith. And he will attack this thing of our faith. Why? Because he knows faith is pleasing to God. So he will try and rob us of that. He goes to Jesus. If you're the son of God, turn these rocks into loaves. Again, trying to get Jesus to question his authority and his deity in God. If you're the son of man. Raising those doubts, raising those questions, raising those suspicions. Those who see you will stare at you and ponder over you. Talking about the last days. Is this the man that made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms? Isaiah is prophesying here. Is this it? There'll be a time that we actually, with God, seated in heavenly places, and we'll look at him and go, really, was, was, was that it? Is that all he is in, in, on the earth? However, his greatest weapon that he uses against us is to make us believe that he doesn't exist. He cannot force us to do anything, but he'll slowly lead us to a place. Manipulation, being that lion hiding in the bushes until he pounces at the last minute. We're here with, with, with Zelda, and I'm really trusting at the end of, of this little message, I'm actually trying to rush through this, believe it or not, because I really believe God wants to do some business with us at the end. Mm -hmm. I was uh, just going through the playlist for, for worship this morning, and I came across one song that we're going to play in the end, and let me tell you, I was completely undone. I was actually in a place, and I'm not trying to make things more than they are, but I was like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get in the car and get to church this morning, because I was undone. I believe God's going to do some stuff. And Zelda, if I may ask, if you're feeling anything during that time, please bring it. But Henny teaches us when it comes to illness. He stood right from this pulpit. 
speak to the illness, speak to the affirmity. Because Satan will love to actually say, no, no, it's not me, it's got nothing to do with me. But actually when you address it and bring it into light and bring it out into the open, we can deal with it. An unknown target is impossible to find and hit. And when we identify where the affirmity is coming from, when we identify where the light is coming from, we can smack it. <coughs> the problem with these scriptures up here from Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when Jesus is appointing the 12 apostles and sending them out, is that it's not a suggestion. Hey, it would be really nice if you could preach the gospel. It'd be really nice if you know if you feel like it. Um, why don't you just give it a go? Try, you know, these these demon oaks who are like lying to everyone. Why don't you like like tell them to go take a hike? You know, if you guys feel like it, if you're up to it, if it's okay with you. No, it's it's a command. And the problem with being a Jesus follower is you can't follow him and not have the gospel on your mouth. The two come hand in hand. We cannot proclaim and profess to be Jesus followers if the great commission, if the great commandment is not on our hearts. To love people and to go out and seek and save the lost. And the enemy will love to make us think that this is it for us. Many times there's a theology out there, you know, this world will pass away, which it will, and a new heaven and a new earth will come, and we'll wait that. But the problem is, Scripture clearly says that He's not coming back until this gospel is preached to all the world. So what the enemy will do is he'll try to disarm us and, tell us and, and question our authority in Jesus so that this gospel isn't advanced, so he doesn't come back. We need to live in the place of actually, this is it now. Everywhere we stand, everywhere we speak the word of Jesus, we are taking ground against the enemy. We are taking back what was stolen. We, as Christ followers, get to live in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. Everywhere we are, we get to see the heavenly realm manifest in our lives. And it's a real, real pity if we're going to sit back and say, you know what, I'm just going to wait until he comes again. Because we don't get to experience him now. And that's what I'm after, is to experience the power and the lordship and the authority and the beautifulness of Jesus wherever we go. So some points is here. Where's the biggest area that he attacks us? He attacks us in our mind. Many Christians lose their battles by their thoughts before they even suffer a blow from the opposition. Satan deceives us by creating down in our own God-given abilities, but more so by denying the word of God. Did God really say the forbidden fruit? This is why Paul says, if in, we know the armor of God, take, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So when Satan comes in to try to lie to us about who we are, what we carry, what he's called us to, we take out that sword and go on an aggressive defense. 
holding every thought captive, turning it for good, and actually saying, no, Satan, this is what God has said. That's why we believe we need to be writing down prophetic words over our lives. We need to be recording them. Because it's swords that we get to point back at him and defeat him by his word. Jesus said when he's tempted, it is written, man shall not read by bread alone. He goes back to the very word of God and pokes the enemy back with that sword. Why are the helmets of our salvation? Because our mind is a battlefield. A few sayings that, that you know, we, we come across, Craig Chrishell's, overcoming the war of your mind. You are led by your strongest thoughts. Where we think is where we live. Unseen thoughts produce visible consequences. We need to be very, very careful what we think. We need to be very, very careful what we say out in the open. Having that filter over our lives, and I know it's not easy. We go, well, is this false humility? I don't know sometimes. I think we would like to be, well, you know, God's not gifted for me. I'm not one of those. I'm... No. That's false humility. Actually, that's weakness. And he didn't give us a spirit of timidity. We don't get to fight from a place of being on the back foot. The enemy does. When we go out to proclaim this gospel message to the world, we are taking back what he's stolen. I mean, going back to, to, to Isaiah, the enemy was there. He was, uh, scriptures say, he was beautiful. He was full of wisdom. But he tried to become like God and he was fallen. If I'm going to use this analogy here. This is my check card. This represents money. This represents worldly systems. Hoops that we have to travel through. And this TV with Adventure Church, this actually represents everything that God created before he created the heavens and the earth. This is the multiple rooms that we hear about in heaven. This is his, the cherubim, seraphim, his dominion. And he creates us. And if I just put this in front of this TV, we don't know the distance between when he created all of this and created this earth that we know. This could be a day or two. It could be a couple of millennia. But where we live is just a small speck in proportion to who he is. And we live here often thinking we can't overcome. We can't overcome illness. We can't overcome thoughts that we're unable to take captive. We can't overcome our insecurities. We're actually, it's just a speck into the greatness of who he is. And this will go. And this will be replaced. I'm going to use a... A new one. Okay, it's my membership card, but <laughs> this will be replaced with a new heaven and a new earth. But the thing is, can't get to this 
until we first deal with what he's called to us here, and that's in this gospel, go to every tribe, every nation around the world. Let's not despise the times of fall of small beginnings when it actually comes to earth as it is, and it's in the natural state right now. Because I, let me tell you now, we get to see Jesus move right here. It'll be a shame to wait for this when we can have him now. It's almost like going to the buffet and saying, you know what, you must eat your vegetables and all of that before you can have your dessert. No, we get to have the dessert now. And who he is. Is that okay?